0: You're listening to the HTE Podcast by New Life Global Ministries, the podcast for everyday disciples that want to make a difference here, there, and everywhere. Hello everyone, this is Stephen and thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're going to discuss being a pest. Yes, you heard that right. I'm going to discuss how we, as followers of Christ, need to be pests. I'm well aware of what a pest is and the negativity around the word Merriam Webster defines pest as one who annoys and we all know someone in our lives who we would label as a pest maybe it's the creepy guy at church that always wants a hug maybe it's a co-worker a neighbor your child <clears throat> excuse me for you wives out there it's probably your husband husbands just don't even go there and maybe it's your pet I've done a lot of dog sitting and can say that some of your dogs look more like a actual pest or rat than a dog. And the list can go on and on. For me personally, I can easily say that telemarketers are pests. Always calling, leaving messages about my student loans. When I try to call back it, uh, either the number's been disconnected or it takes me to a voice messaging system. And it seems I can never block enough numbers. But do you realize Jesus calls us to pester the Father? I'm not making this up or exaggerating, but in Luke 18, Jesus is with his disciples, and we're going to pick up from there. This is the parable of the persistent widow, Luke 18, 1 through 8, and I'm going to read that. Now he told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. There was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect people, and a widow in the town kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or respect people, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out with her persistence. Then the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who to him day and night? Will he delay in helping them? I tell you that he will swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So what is going on here? Well, there's a judge. And he's not a good guy. He has no respect or fear for God, and he doesn't respect people. So he's already 0-2 for this whole love God, love people command, right? And there's this widow who's constantly going to the judge, seeking justice. Now, Jesus didn't introduce this unjudged judge character to compare him to God, but to actually show show us that God is unlike him. See, God doesn't get bothered like we do. He loves to hear from us. And not only that, but he even helps us through the Spirit to pray. In Romans eight twenty-six and 27, it says that in the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses because we do not know what to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And he who searches our hearts know the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. You see, God is on your side when you pray. He's not against you. And Jesus not only helps us in prayer and helps us to pray through his spirit, but he even prays for us. And we see this in John 17 as he's preparing to go to the cross. In John 17 20, he doesn't only pray for his immediate disciples, but those who will believe in him through their word. That's you listening to this podcast 2,000 some years later. That's me. We are sustained today through his prayers. Let that sink in. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, why doesn't it feel like God is answering my prayers? Or Does he even answer prayers at all? And those are fair questions. And the short answer is, God answers our every prayer. And I don't want you to miss this. He hears our prayers. Every single prayer that we utter, he listens to. Now, confession, I've prayed some really, really bad prayers, and what I mean is very selfish, ignorant prayers. I think of uh, Facebook; it, it gives you uh, these memories. I can't remember the name of it, um, but these old memories will pop up, old posts, um, and I often get these really terrible posts that I would um, put on Facebook for all the public internet to see when I was in college, and it was when I first got a Facebook and. When I look at it, I cringe. It's just really just awful. Uh, And I often think of what would that be like if my old prayers resurfaced and I looked back through my old prayers. uh, I would be embarrassed. (laughs) They were pretty bad. Um, Yet our Father listens to each word we utter to Him. So how does He answer our prayers? Well, I believe in three ways. Yes, no, and not yet. Now the yes, we don't have a problem with this. But be assured that if your prayer is answered, that's because it goes according to God's will. That everything filters through God's sovereign hands. I think of Hannah in the Old Testament. She was barren and was praying to the Lord. uh, So much so that people thought she was drunk um, for her to conceive. And God blessed her and provided a child. And that was according to his will we go on to see. Now, the other answer is what we struggle with, and that's no. Now, we must trust that this is God's will, and that he sees the big picture, that our ways are not like his ways, and that we must not lean on our own understanding and understand that nothing is wasted, that he's working all things for his glory and our good, and he will give us what we need, not always what we want. And I think of Lazarus, who... Um, the Lord uh, did not answer uh, a yes to the prayers of him to be healed, rather allowed him to die. And we go on to see what the purpose of that was. That He was then um, rose from the grave where Jesus brought him back to life. And we see that it was uh, for his glory ultimately. And, and we see the bigger picture in that. And so um, though our, our, our answer to prayer may be a no, we don't know what that no is actually going to lead to. And it may be for God's glory, ultimately for our good. Now, the third answer, which can be sometimes harder than the no, is the not yet. And that can be more difficult than no because it means we must be patient. We struggle with that. Now, sometimes when we experience a delay, um, as we're seeking an answer and there's delay in that, it seems as if God is reluctant to answer our prayers. But yet, we continue to pray not to change God, but I'd argue to change us. And we can look to Abraham for example of persistence in prayer in Genesis 18. In that passage, God told Abraham he was going to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sin. And Abraham draws near to the Lord through prayer and asks that the innocent would be destro- wouldn't be destroyed with the wicked. Abraham begins to ask that the city be spared if 50 righteous people were found. Now this back and forth continues until the number is down to 10 righteous. Abraham shows us that our prayers must feel that the eternal destiny of men depends on our prayers. Now, can that be said for us? Or do we quickly give up asking because we didn't receive the answer we were seeking? Now, this is the kind of heart God wanted to draw out of Abraham, a heart that cared so much for people made in the image of God that he worked hard to intercede on behalf of a city that well-deserved judgment. We often think this passage shows how we can change God's mind if we're persistent enough, but in fact, it's the persistence in prayer that actually changes us, building into us the character of God himself. It is a way that God builds us into uh, the heart that cares about the things the same way he does. He has compassion for the loss. Do we? He wants none to perish. But can we say the same about us? A lot can be said about how we pray and what our prayers consist of. Now, if I'm honest, most of the time I feel as if I'm bothering God by bringing my burdens and needs before him. I mean, I get overwhelmed at the number of prayer requests in small groups. I think, man, God must feel the same way. There's so much going on and that I often think he doesn't want to hear my petty prayer request when there's so much bigger and greater Uh, things uh, at play in the world, so many uh, devastation and brokenness that the last thing that he needs is, is my prayer request. But this is far from true. As a selfish humans that are so fallen, we get easily annoyed by others. It does not take much to annoy me, but not our Heavenly Father. On the contrary, he desires us to talk to him always. The unjust judge answers the woman so that she will stop bothering him, that she will stop pestering him. But our Heavenly Father answers he answers our Christ because we're his. He delights in us. He's not bothered by us because we are in Christ and he has great pleasure in his Son, Jesus. Our Father isn't annoyed by our request. Rather, he gladly welcomes our prayers and even wants us to nag him. And that can be hard for some of us to understand, especially myself who grew up with such a dysfunctional view of a father who was neglected by my earthly father, my biological father. And then I can place that same type uh, of um, view on my heavenly father. And So it can be hard for me to understand that, man, my heavenly father actually wants to hear from me, that he's waiting there, wanting me to knock on the door. So let's go back to the whole reason Jesus is sharing this parable. And it was to highlight the importance of talking to the Father always, as verse one says. Now, always means at all times, for all time, never ceasing, as Paul puts it in 1 Thessalonians five seventeen. We must not give up. Even if we feel like our prayers are not being answered, we must not give up in prayer. We must continue to go to him. Because there is power in prayer. Oswald Chambers has this quote. He says, we tend to use prayer as a last resort, but God wants it to be our first line of defense. See, we pray when there's nothing else we can do, but God wants us to pray before we do anything at all. Now, what I get from this quote is that prayer is our best resource, but it's often our last resort. So how can we practically begin being people of prayer? Well, there's two tools I want to share. The first one is a tool that I shared in my previous episode about living on mission, and that's a 10 for 10 at 10. Now, what is that? I'm glad you asked. It's you simply setting aside 10 minutes a day to to devote praying for 10 people who are in your life that are close to you in relation or proximity but are far from God. And at 10 o'clock, a.m. or p.m., why 10 o'clock? Well, we often have an alarm on our phone, set at 10.02 every day. Uh, that is for Luke 10.02, which says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out more workers into the field. And so I kind of created this uh, simple way to remember, uh, to get us to, to be, be uh, people of prayer, and that's uh, 10 for 10 at 10. So we're starting to pray for our, our 10 people, uh, 10 minutes a day, starting at 10 o'clock, setting an alarm on our phone. And as we're praying, um, we're praying through that And 1002 is going to hit, and as we're praying for those 10 people, we're also um, not only praying for opportunities to share uh, the gospel with these people, but also for the Lord to send more workers, and that also means to send us. Now, does it have to be 10 o'clock? Of course not. We're not legalistic. uh, But it's a simple step to get you in the spirit of prayer and to start creating those habits uh, in your daily lives. Now, the other one is one you're probably more familiar with, and it's a way to model your prayer. Um, Some of us can struggle with uh, praying and getting lost in words, and then we end up just basically creating a whole list of our wants, um, treating God as if he's Santa Claus or a cosmic genie. Uh, But it's called uh, the ACTS model of prayer. That's A-C-T-S. Now, if you're unfamiliar with this, or maybe you've forgotten uh, what each uh, letter stands for, the A stands for adoration. And that means that we begin our prayer by... Praising God for who he is, that he's holy, that he's good, that he's just, that he's righteous. The list goes on. And then to see, we transition into a time of confession, that we're confessing our sin or trespasses or neglect, and knowing that he is willing and just to forgive of us if we confess. And then that will lead us into thanksgiving, that we're thanking God for what he's done. And then we end our prayer with supplication, that we're seeking God for our needs and also lifting up the needs of others around us. So those are some uh, two tools right there. There's the 10 for 10 at 10. And then as we're praying, a way to um, be in the spirit of prayer throughout the day is using the axe model of prayer. Um, and you can even spread that out throughout the day. You don't have to do it all at one time. But um, these are just some simple tools to get you started in a prayer life. And, and, uh, and the challenge of to be people who pester the Father Obviously, he's not pestered by us. Um, and we see at the, the last uh, verse in this whole uh, parable, it says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And so when he comes back, when he returns, which we hope is soon, will he find faith on earth? What does that mean? Will he find people that are devoted to prayer, that are um, seeking him, uh, that are exercising our faith by giving him our requests and our needs and not going to other means to find what we're looking for, but to go to him first, and, and primarily, will he find us faithful? So, that is uh, what I want to share with you about being a pest, and I hope that this encourages you, that it challenges you, and that you pass this along, and that you begin to pester the Father daily. And um, If you'd like to be kept up to date with what the Lord's doing in my life, you can... Visit Mission.com that's C-L-E-M-M-O-N-S, OnMission.com. There you can subscribe and you'll be able to see all my updates. But what I highly recommend is that you go to NLGM.org. There we have a tab uh, called Resources. you click on that, it'll take you to a plethora of YouTube videos, uh, training material where you can see how you can share the gospel in different ways, um, how to respond to the responses of the gospel, how you can share your testimony and how you can disciple others. So I highly recommend that. It's it's a very valuable resource for you to begin uh, living uh, your life daily devoted to the Lord and following Him, being fishers of men. That's nlgm.org. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and uh, have a, a great week. Thanks for listening to the HTE podcast by New Life Global Ministries. NLGM exists to help followers of Christ follow Christ here, there, and everywhere. If you would like more information or some resources to help you be a multiplying disciple maker, please visit our website, gonlgm.org.